Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are Mahomes as to his legacy, recapping Super Bowl 57. Who said football season was over? The, the XFL kicks off this weekend. Gentlemen, start your engines. Another NASCAR season gets started at Daytona. The wild, wild west, looking at who scored at the NBA trade deadline and who airballed. The NBA's brightest stars descend on the mountain of Salt Lake City. With that, I give you assistant fire chief of our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, thanks, Matt. We're here uh, on a on a back on a Wednesday night. Uh, the chief is out out again. Just a busy couple of weeks for him. So, Matt and I will be uh, taking it over and 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 you know leading the show here. Just the two of us and. Um, like like Matt said, we're gonna get uh, get started with a little bit of a, a recap on the uh, the Super Bowl that that happened this past Sunday, and I don't think the uh, NFL could have asked for a better better game. I Absolutely think this not. played out exactly how we somewhat previewed it the week before. Um, you know, yeah, this was this was a great a great game. Um, you know, unfortunately, Matt and I both picked the game wrong. You know, <laughs> we we thought the Eagles were were gonna come out t- on top, and you know, through most of the game or probably three quarters of the game they they had they were in control but pretty good as it. always you know you you never can count out you know Patrick Mahomes and that that Kansas City Chiefs offense um Matt what what do you think of the game <clears throat> yeah I mean as good as Mahomes and that offense was in the second half I, you know I really give it to their defense in the second half they held the Eagles to 11 second half points after they gave up 24 mm-hmm. in the first half you know they're, they're down 10 at halftime and you're thinking this isn't looking good. I, mm. In fact, no team in the Super Bowl history has ever come back from a double-digit deficit mm. at half to, mm. to win the Super Bowl. So, mm. you know, hats off to the Chiefs for overcoming that adversity. Their defense really stepping up. Their right. offense really stepping up and taking this game over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, really, you thought going into half, Mahomes had just gotten injured. They're yeah. down 10. It, it looked very – it looked The sky bleak. looked dark yeah. for, for Kansas City Chiefs fans. I mean, yeah, they down by 10 and your star quarterback is limping again. And it's like, oh, man, what – what's going to happen right. and, but yeah again another you know gutsy gutsy performance by Patrick Mahomes I mean he he stuck in there hung in there um you know I, I think the thing that's that 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 really you know sticks out to me in this one Mahomes was never sacked in this yeah, game that's impressive uh and you know we came into this I mean the Eagles came into the came into this game with arguably probably the best pass rush in the league mm-hmm. I mean they had 70 sacks in the regular season and then had eight more just in the playoffs yeah. Um, you know, and obviously I think Kansas City has a has a pretty solid offensive line, but it for this Eagles team, it really didn't matter. I mean, they they were, you know, pushing people around. It didn't matter how good your offensive yeah. line was. They they were doing it against, you know, good teams, bad teams, you know, everybody. They were they were, you know, finding a way to to get to the quarterback. So I think for me that that was a kind of a big stat that that really stuck out that, you know, they really never made Patrick Mahomes super uncomfortable right. back there, even with that, you know banged up you know ankle um yeah he was he was kind of limping but obviously he's played through it already he knows you know what it what it takes uh but yeah so hats off to him i mean obviously he played played phenomenal um and obviously earned himself but you know an mvp in the in the super bowl uh but yeah i just think that you know the eagles somewhat had to change their identity because of the because of the game i mean they're well known as as getting kind of that running game Mm -hmm. established their three running backs, you know, outside of Jalen Hurts, their three running backs combined for 45 yards of rushing. Yeah. Um, and then just – I think it was just, yeah, a different dynamic in the second half or maybe they, I don't know, abandoned the run too early or just, mm-hmm. you know, didn't stick to it. Uh, I mean, obviously in the first half, they didn't need it because they were, you know, they were hitting deep passes and, you know, whatever. Yeah, Hurts but, and Brown looked like a heck of a combo there. Right, and I think, I think yeah, the, the first half, the Eagles played a perfect half, stuck to the script. I mean – I, I I can't remember exactly what the time of possession looked like, but if you look at that first half, I mean, they, they were up by, you know, double digits. And I think they were almost tripling up the Kansas City Chiefs in, right. in terms of time of possession. And that's one of the keys to beating this team is keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, not giving right. him those opportunities. So that was something we did say going into half that the Chiefs, shouldn't feel too bad. Right, I mean, right. they're only down 10 and they were, they barely had the ball. Yeah, they barely, barely the ball. had the ball. Game right. Game, so. Right. Absolutely. But the second half was, was a completely, you know, completely different story. Uh, the Chiefs scored on all four of their second half possessions, including three straight touchdowns to start the second half. Uh, yeah, just, just really a, a tale of two halves. I mean, the Eagles 
still hung in there, did yeah. what they could, you know, scored that late touchdown to, to tie it up. But, With you know, touchdown two point conversion to tie it up. Right. So. Yeah. Um, you know, but just unfortunately, you know, the Chiefs, you know, got the ball last. They yeah. had the last opportunity. They, you know, were able to drive it down there, you know, got, got, you know, some, some penalties that, you know, right or wrong, you know, it, it helped them, you know, move, move the ball and keep, you know, keep drives alive. And yeah, I think, I think a lot of people were upset at that penalty in the moment, mm -hmm. but I think if you look the more, at it, you reflected on it and you looked at it, it, it I mean, it was the right call. Right. And, and you, you can't make calls based on the moment. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's got to be if it's consistent. A, it's a, it's it's a penalty, penalty. It's, it's a penalty. penalty. It doesn't matter if it's yep. at the end of the game, beginning of the game, you know, no matter what. I mean, uh, you know, whether the guy was just trying to save face or not, I mean, the, the corner, James Bradbury, that committed the penalty, mm -hmm. even admitted it was a hold. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if he's just trying to say that to, you know, just be a nice guy right. or, you know, he's whatever, or if he really – really feels that it, I mean, I, I think he truly feels that, you know, I, I committed the penalty. Right. It was really a penalty. You know, the refs made, made the right call yeah. in, the, in that instance, because obviously that has been the storyline, not just, you know, in this game, but has been throughout the playoffs of right. some, you know, some questionable calls and, you know, how the refs have somewhat maybe messed some games up or, you know, affected, you know, outcomes of games mm -hmm. and things like that. I, I think that, you know, he uh, was openly admitting, the refs, you know, got it right in yeah. this instance. Um, you know, maybe maybe the rest of the game they may have, you know, missed, <laughs> missed everything or missed out, you know, all the other calls. But in that moment, you know, he felt that that they got it, that they got it right. But yeah, just just unfortunate for for the Eagles. You know, such a, a great season for them uh, to come up. You know, oh so short mm -hmm. in this in this moment. I mean, they're not the only team to to do it. You right. know, and 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 uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward, or you know, see next year. I mean, the Chiefs, we know are probably going to be there or, you know, right. whatever is Eagles well, team. And that's the thing with this Eagles team. They lose their offensive coordinator and defensive mm -hmm. coordinator, both taking head coaching jobs, right. one in Indy, the other in uh, Arizona. Right. You know, that, that, that that's, that's losing a, a lot. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to be tough to replace. Right. And we'll, and especially we'll this late in the season, right. you know, most, most other, you know, places have already filled their coordinator mm -hmm. spots or, you know, filled those crucial spots. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, this offseason, how, you know, how, how it changes for the Eagles. I mean, this, this team was, was pretty special, um, you know, so we'll see what they do, obviously playing in a very tough division in that mm -hmm. NFC East. Uh, so we'll see, you know, if they're able to, you know, make their way back or, you know, continue to be contenders over the NFC. Uh, but we know, we know what the Chiefs are going to do. They're probably going to be still towards yeah, the top, keep you know, winning. keep winning and, and, and be, you know, trying to supplant that that legacy and be be somewhat of a dynasty you know like we you know used to talk about with the patriots um so we'll see see what they do in the offseason if they you know how many pieces that they might lose or add or you know whatever so but you know nfl nfl is over um so we have to wait you know handful of months for you know the nfl to come back but doesn't mean that football's done, right. people. Uh, we we got the uh, an, an alternative, you know, uh, football league, uh, go, you know, somewhat rebooting right. again. Um, well, and it's the first of the alternatives. We've got right. two. And yeah, it's, it's going to last us pretty right. much clear in the next football. Right, season, absolutely. So. so it's it's football almost year round now because of of these you know alternative leagues that we got. And like I said, it's somewhat of a reboot of of what we've had a couple of different times. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the XFL. Um, it's going to be kicking off again this uh this weekend uh so first you know first week of the regular season um eight eight different teams uh so they'll play each team will play 10 10 regular season games and then there'll be two rounds two rounds of playoffs in a in a championship game to you know determine who's who's the XFL champ and i think if uh you know <clears throat> the new owners uh you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson and 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 his ex ex-wife are actually the the new owners of the XFL if i'm them I'm hoping just to get to that championship right. game because obviously the XFL, XFL has right. The XFL rebooted, you know, a couple years ago. And obviously, unfortunately due to, you know, some crazy circumstances with, with the coronavirus, they had to cancel the whole season and almost was at a point that they didn't even know if it was going to come back financially. Right. And, you know, somewhat was sold off the rock and his ex-wife, you know, joined together and, and bought it and, and, you know, revived it, uh, took a couple of years off before they, mm -hmm. you know, started again. Um, so yeah, if, if I'm them, I'm just hoping to get to that championship, you know, championship game and complete a full season and then evaluate where, where I'm at. But, right. uh, you know, like I said, eight, eight different teams, they're, they're broken out into, into two different divisions. Um, you got the XFL North and the XFL South, which even though they are based on geographic, they're really not based on geographic location because, uh, the XFL North, for example, has 
Las Vegas Vipers. And they, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really think of that as a North team right. per se. But uh, you got the Vegas Vipers, uh, the Seattle Sea Dragons, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and the DC Defenders in that XFL North division. Then in the in the South, in the XFL South, you got Arlen, the Arlington Renegades, the Orlando Guardians, the Houston Roughnecks, and then the San Antonio Brahmas. Um, I guess technically they are all more South than Vegas. So right? I, yeah, I guess it, yeah, it, you put the line down the middle. I right? Guess yeah, fits. it's uh, depending. I guess where you where the, where you draw the line, whether it's North or you know uh, <laughs> South. But uh, yeah, just interesting how they how they determine that. Um, but. I think the big thing for for the XFL, uh, which is it is is interesting. Every game can be broadcasted on some form of of ES an ESPN network. Yeah. So be on ESPN, deal. ESPN two, ABC, or or FX, and you can also even stream the games over on ESPN Plus if you have an ESPN Plus uh, subscription. So I think that's a big thing for some of these alternative leagues to really sustain is is to get like those big network deals mm-hmm. or get you know on major networks where people can have the ability to you know that visibility to, to, to watch them um because i mean almost everybody has espn anymore i mean that's almost a part of like right. basic cable anymore so it's pretty easy easy to easy to watch or easy easy to get access to um you know and, and i think um you know they they held the draft for this back in back in november um and you know every team is comprised of various guys that you know have had some nfl experience some that have never gotten their chance some that you know, played at such small schools in college, you know, whatever, you probably never even heard of them just trying to get their name out there. Um, Matt, you want to kind of run through some of the, some of the teams and I, I got the head coaches for the various teams. So I guess I'll, I'll kind of kick it off. I'll, I'll just say the head coach then you can kind of run through maybe some of the notable players for each of the teams. Just kind of want to talk about each game. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll kick off. So Saturday we got the Vegas Vipers taking on the Arlington Renegades. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at some guys for the Vipers, we've got wide receiver Martavius Bryant. He's, mm-hmm. he's in the NFL there for a while. Mm-hmm. Played, played, had some good years there. Yeah. Uh, running back Matt Jones, I, I believe he was uh, out of Baylor. Mm-hmm. He played some great years in college. And a big name here, linebacker Vic Beasley. Mm-hmm. He was actually a first-round draft pick mm-hmm. in the NFL, I yep. think, 2015, 13, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the Vipers have some names. All right. Uh, they're taking on the Arlington Renegades in that first game, and they've actually got a, a couple of really good safeties on their roster too. They've mm-hmm. got Raheem Moore, who mm-hmm. played a lot, a lot of years in the NFL, mm-hmm. and Will Hill, who's also a starter at safety in the NFL. Okay, yeah. So I mean, those, those are kind of the biggest names for those two teams. Who yeah. we got coaching those guys? Uh, yeah. So from Vegas, uh, probably a, a name that you know, uh, Rod Rod Woodson, um, a guy that used to you know play in the NFL, played you know many seasons there uh, in the in the league. Uh, Going to be coaching up the the Vipers, and then you know over on the other side sideline with the Arlington Renegades, you got the head coach in, in Bob Stoops, who, you know, everybody knows uh, was actually a coach in the XFL before mm-hmm. uh, with, with a team in, in, in Texas. And, you know, obviously has, has a lot of connections in the, in the football world uh, and, and real close, you know, especially in, in college, but uh, yeah, going to get kind of a second stint again, you know, coaching, coaching team in the XFL. So nice. we'll see what, uh, you know, what, what, what happens, but yeah, two, two legendary guys, you know, coaching and and playing so we'll see what they what they can do in in this xfl so yeah the the next round of games we got kicking off the season here on saturday on the the 18th is uh the orlando guardians taking on the houston roughnecks that'll be at 8 30 on espn uh the guardians have have a couple of bigger names and wide receiver cody latimer and uh safety matt elam who also had some nfl experience in his time and then the houston roughnecks uh, the biggest name I saw on on their roster was a, a wide receiver, Deontay Burnett. Other than that, they, they're not not a lot of star power on that team, but you know that doesn't necessarily mean a lot in these leagues. There there wasn't a lot of star power in USFL, and and some of those guys turned out to be you know just great players. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, then uh, yeah, the coaches, you know, for the Guardians, you got uh, head coach uh, Terrell Buckley, who uh, played played in the NFL for quite a while, was a cornerback for the uh, former. I mean. Washington Redskins, you know, back in the back in the day, and then who who are they taking on? The Guardians are taking on who? Uh, the Houston Roughnecks. Roughnecks. Uh, then the Roughnecks, uh, probably a notable coach that you know Texas people are used to. That's head coach Wade Phillips will oh, be wow. for for the Houston Roughnecks. So um, you know, real notable name, you know, in the in the professional ranks, and has been you know various coordinators and coach, mm-hmm. you know, head coach in the, in the NFL. So some 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 big names that they they they're throwing out there so um we'll, we'll see what they what they do on the on the sidelines yeah. in this xfl yeah and then the, the season will then continue on sunday uh first game on sunday is going to be the st louis battlehawks taking on the san 
San Antonio uh, Brahmas at 3 p.m. on ABC. So for St. Louis, uh, the Battle Hawks, the biggest name on their roster is a quarterback who's had many years of NFL experience, even a couple years as a starter and uh, for replacement duty. And eight, quarterback A.J. McCarron played for the Bengals, and he's had a few other stops in his time. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's that's a big name there, quarterback for, for one of these teams. Mm-hmm. And then you got the San Antonio Brahmas. And the biggest name that I, I saw on their roster is a, a running back, Kalen Ballage. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, another another team that not big on names, but I'm sure that right. there'll still be plenty of talent. Yeah, with that Brahma's team, but one name one name that did stick out to me mm-hmm. was uh, Jack Jack Cohn, the quarterback okay. from Notre Dame. Notre Dame actually this past you know was just there uh, mm-hmm. you know a couple seasons ago. So it's uh, interesting, yeah, that you know didn't really get a shot in the NFL, but going to try to you know keep his dream alive by by playing in the XFL, but. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the coaches go for, for St. Louis, you got, uh, head coach, um, Anthony Becht, who was a uh, former tight end in the, uh, in the NFL for a couple of different teams, the, the Cardinals and, and the St. Louis Rams. So, you know, again, more, more NFL ties, football ties in that sense. And then a name that probably everybody knows, uh, coaching the San Antonio Brahmas, you got Heinz Ward, the legendary receiver wow. for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers there for, for a long time. So yeah, two, two guys obviously have. Great NFL connection, so hopefully you know we'll translate to to helping some of these guys you know live out their dream to you know possibly go from from the XFL to to the NFL. Right, and then the uh, the last game there to kick off the inaugural week of the XFL is going to be the Seattle Sea Dragons taking on the DC DC Defenders at 8 p.m. on ESPN. The biggest name I saw on the Sea Dragons roster is also a quarterback, Ben DiNucci. He uh he played for the Cowboys. He had a couple sp- uh, spot starts for them a couple seasons ago. So, you know, that, that guy with some NFL experience and coached under some good coaches there in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then for the D.C. Defenders, they, they've got a couple of decent names on their roster as well. They've got uh, De'Eric King, who mm-hmm. was most recently a quarterback of Miami Hurricanes. Yep. Kind of a dynamic guy who like, likes to run around, get out of the pocket, make, yeah. make plays, rocket for an arm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what he can do on that roster. And then running back Ab- Abram Smith, who also uh, – was running back out of Baylor here okay. recently in college. All right, nice, nice. Well, as far as head coaches go, um, the D.C. defenders, um, you got head coach Reggie Barlow, who was a receiver again in the NFL for for a handful of seasons for some you know various teams. Uh, and then on the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons um, sideline, you got head coach uh, Jim Jim Hazlitt, who's you know uh, big you name. know big name and you know was on the NFL sidelines for for, for quite a while. So uh, yeah. I think they they did a nice job of, of you know kind of giving opportunities to guys that haven't had head coaching experience mm-hmm. yet or haven't gotten that opportunity and then you know also playing in some guys that have been head coaches you know various college and, and professional ranks so it's going to be uh you know going to be exciting uh you know just running through real quick uh you know kind of maybe some of the differences that you might notice or you know might see as you're you know kind of watching the game that that makes it a little bit different uh gameplay than than you know watching a typical nfl game um a team can actually go for for three points if they want to Uh, i think you can go for one or two or three there's i don't believe that there's any kind of like pat or anything like that it's depending on where you line up is how many points you're kind of going for so you can actually go for three points um, if you take the ball at the at the ten yard line, so you you start at the ten yard, then you're basically trying to get a first down right. to get three to get three points after you score you know score a touchdown. So um, that that's you know kind of a difference. Another thing, I think the XFL actually had that same rule the last. Yeah, time I think a lot of these rules I, I think are a lot of the same things yeah. uh, that that they had before. Um, it's just yeah, some notable stuff that is is obviously different. still different yeah. from from what the NFL has. Um, one thing that I think uh, is kind of kind of interesting and um, something that maybe the NFL should should institute, the clock doesn't really stop in the XFL. It's kind mm-hmm. of a running clock. So even on incomplete passes, players going out of bounds, that right. clock keeps keeps running um, up until kind of the two minute warning of each half. So mm-hmm. then the last two minutes of every half, it you know the clock will stop. You know, like it traditionally would for any other kind of you know NFL or you know college game. Um, so it's going to stop, you know, after first downs for, you know, after that two minute warning, um, and then there's 10 minute, 10 minute halftime. So they're, they're really trying to speed up the play of the game, which I think is, you know, something that every league is, is trying to do or look at explore, you know, whether it's NBA, NHL, you know, the NFL, they're all looking at how to, you know, 
get a quality product, but do it in the most, you know, efficient and and timely manner. Um, So the XFL believes they're going to do that by just, you know, basically having a a running clock. Um, Another thing uh, that that's kind of interesting uh, teams can complete a double forward pass um, as long as the first completion doesn't go across the original line of scrimmage. So you basically can, can lateral it back, you know, a couple of different times or Mm -hmm. whatever before you, you know, throw it, you know, throw it forward for a, a possible completion, which I'm pretty sure was a rule that they had before. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a neat, neat dynamic. Not that it, I don't think that it ever really like paid off the right. way that they maybe had hoped for, um, but still was just an interesting thing that has to keep the defense on their toes. Right. Um, so that's got to be a little tough for some of these defenders when they're, they're, they're used to seeing that first forward pass and they, okay, nothing else is going to happen. Right. I'm yeah. Up to yeah. Make I'm, I'm, yeah. Like, I can, you know, somebody's running free right, right now. It's, it's, yeah, you got to be a little bit more, you know, cautious on that or, you know, be a little bit more aware of what's, what's going on. Um, the other thing that, that I think is different from the NFL and people may, may like as far as overtimes go, each team gets three attempts from the five yard line to, you know, score, uh, you know, basically score. So in those three attempts, if you go two out of three and your opponent goes one out of three, mm-hmm. you, you win. That, that's so it's it's, kind of more like a, a penalty shootout. Yeah, in hockey. Right. Right. Um, so it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic, a little, it's kind of like, kind of like college, but you know, you, you start a lot closer than they do right. in college. Um, and of course everybody gets an opportunity, you know, both teams get a chance to mm-hmm. see what they, what they can do. So, you know, obviously that's been somewhat of a big complaint overtime wise in the NFL, you know, the rules that they, that they have. So we'll see, uh, obviously, like I said, you know, getting, getting started this weekend and going to go for the, you know, next, uh, probably three, three, four months here. And we'll, we'll see how it, how it plays out. Like I said, I, I think at this point you can call it a success as long as they make it through, mm-hmm. make it through the season without any, you know, uh, major hangups or hiccups. So, all right. Um, well, we're going to talk about one more topic after this, uh, and then we'll we'll take a quick commercial break. Uh, so we're, we're going to head over to to the racetrack. One more season that's getting kicked off yeah. this weekend. That's, uh, you know, the, the NASCAR season getting kicked off with with the big one in, in Daytona. Matt, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of storylines coming in this one. You got the return of Jimmy Johnson. He, he's not going to race a full season, but this is one of the, the few races he is coming back for to to, to race here in the you know the the famed hollow grounds of daytona mm-hmm. uh you got joey logano trying to defend his his championship mm-hmm. uh there's only two uh championship drivers in the field that have ever won the daytona 500 uh after they've won their championship and mm-hmm. that's logano and harvick okay um you got kurt bush who's now officially retired because of concussions this mm-hmm. is only the second daytona since 2001 that kurt bush hasn't participated in oh wow um see uh for the first time this year now, no active drivers in the field have competed against the late, great Dale Earnhardt. Mm-hmm. So this, this field is just getting younger and younger. Right, yeah. You know? the, the, the changing of the guard is continuing. Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. Uh, the last two years of the Daytona 500, it's actually been won by a newcomer both years. So, oh, wow. So, you know, yeah. somebody went getting their first first win there at Daytona. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, of, of the racers that are in this race, Austin Dillon, he's got the average highest finish amongst the drivers. Mm-hmm. Denny Hamlin's led the most laps of the drivers in this race. Okay. And Ryan Blaney's got the most top <laughs> five. So, I mean, th- th- there's all kinds of storylines going into this right, thing. Yeah. It's, it's really anybody's race. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Logano is looking to defend his title. Right. We'll see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, it's going to be uh, Sunday, kind of Sunday afternoon, uh, February 19th at, at 2.30 p.m. over on uh, – over on Fox. Uh, so yeah, like, like Matt said, it's kind of the, the kick, it is the kickoff to the season. And, uh, you know, this is NASCAR's, uh, 75th anniversary as well. So 75 years in the, in the business. So, you know, no better way to get it started than, you know, Daytona where they, I believe raced, this is now the 65th consecutive year that, you know, they, they've raced at, uh, at Daytona. So it's been there, you know, pretty much since the, since the beginning or, you know, since NASCAR has, has somewhat started up and, uh, it's going to be an exciting environment uh, for the eighth straight year. They are also going to have a complete sellout as well. So it's, uh, yeah, going to be going to be interesting for for NASCAR. Um, you know, I think it's yeah anybody's anybody's game. Um, you know, obviously Joey Logano, somewhat of that that older guy, or you know, somewhat of an elder statesman right. in the in the business that's trying to defend his crown there. But you know, we saw last year there were several of those young guys that that made their first you know opportunities at making the playoffs and were really made a 
a great push at yeah, winning that that nice. that championship cup. So we'll see if they can follow up those great seasons that they had, uh, you know, last year, and and see if they can follow it up. And no better way to to, to do it than win the big one here to to start the season Absolutely. off. So uh, it's gonna be and gonna really, be interesting. Yeah, you, you win week one, and you've already guaranteed yourself a spot in the playoffs. Right. So, yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You could somewhat. You're playing somewhat with house money, yeah. if you will, if you, you start with this first win right off the bat, um, you know, and it, yeah, it probably sets the tone for the for the rest of the season and, you know, just, you know, makes you determine how your strategy is going to go if you are able to pull off this one. So, yeah, that's that's a good note there, Matt. I, I somewhat had forgotten that that's kind of how, how it works. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. That's that's good to know. So yeah, better, no better way to, to get it started. <laughs> yep. You know, week one, let's let's get a win and let's just be done and and you know make you're sure we're in. make yep. sure we're going to be there at the end of the season. So, all right. Well, we're going to take a uh, quick uh, commercial break here. Uh, stick with us, and we'll be back shortly. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Well, we're going to head on over to the round ball and talk a little bit of the hard, you know, on the hardwood, um, talking a little basketball, professional NBA basketball. More like Matt mentioned at the kind of the end of the show last week, um, pandemonium in, in the in the NBA as far as the NBA trade deadline. It, it came and went. We saw a lot of big names come and go and move and go all over the place, um, mostly over in the in the Western Conference. Um so Matt, what what do you think we're going to kind of run through here and and kind of pick maybe some of our our winners and and losers from the mm -hmm. NBA trade deadline? You know whether that be teams or players or you know whatever. Um, so we'll, we'll start with with our winner of of the trade deadline, Matt. Who who do you think came out on top after this thing? Yeah, I did a winning team and a winning player, and I started off with the winning team. I got to be the Phoenix Suns. They had KD to a roster that's already loaded with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. That's got to make them an immediate title favorite. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, they gave up some assets, but mm -hmm. nothing that was life-changing mm -hmm. for, for them. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that was a great move by Phoenix. Right. It, it puts them right in the thick of things. And you know, Chris Paul has got to be loving every minute of it. This could finally be his chance to, to get that elusive NBA title for right. his career. Absolutely. I'd love to see him do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've mentioned, you know, a couple of times when we've done, you know, different NBA segments of kind of our most disappointing team, and you've put the Suns in that kind of category <laughs> yeah. because – it just, you know, because of Chris Paul, you know, how many more seasons does he have in the NBA? And right. he's the only thing that's missing from his illustrious, you know, resume is an NBA title. Mm. And it, you know, the way the season had gone up until this point, it was like, man, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to get <laughs> right. it. But, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns, you know, they got aggressive. They the reset yeah, they, they got aggressive, went out and got, you know, got KD and added him to this roster. I think it makes them, you know, again, immediate, you know, contenders over in a, in a West that's, highly you know contested over there right and then for me the the winning player this whole trade line deadline has got to be Luka Doncic he mm. finally got some help they went out and brought him in somebody who, mm. who can be that star to go with him they yep. bring in Kyrie Irving mm. my only question is is are they going to be able to, to coexist Mesh, and play yeah. together because yep. they're both very ball, ball dynamic players mm. they got to have the ball in their hands to make something happen they right. both score a lot right so how it'll are, be interesting how to they, see how that'll mesh, but yeah. if they can make that mesh, that's going to take a huge load off of Luca and, mm -hmm. and really help this Dallas Maverick reach the hikes that they want it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I had the same kind of mixed feelings, if you will. You know, yeah. I, obviously Kyrie for all of his off the field issues. I mean, he's still a heck of a, of a basketball player. Um, so you know, if you can keep him focused and keep him, you know, on on basketball, I think you're all right. But again, it's how does he mesh or how does he fit in with with you know, Luca and that, that dynamic, because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's Luca's team, no right. matter what, um, you know, you're bringing in Kyrie, but again, they somewhat play the same style, play the same position. Mm -hmm. it, it's really going to be interesting to see how Jason Kidd really makes that, makes that work. Right. Um, so far they've had, 
they haven't had a lot of success in the win column, but they have, you know, from a scoring standpoint, Luca and Kyrie have both been able to get, you know, get their points, if you will. Um, we'll just see, you know, how how it plays out the rest of the season. But yeah, I think it was a was a good move, or you know, had to somewhat be done because the way it was going, there's no way that that Luca could have lasted playing as many right. minutes and 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 sacrificed yeah, his body. I, I think for it to work, Kyrie's going to have to kind of like swallow his pride a little mm-hmm. bit because the, the reason it didn't work with him in Cleveland is because he he couldn't handle being second shadow to Le- LeBron. Right. He, he went to Boston. I, I'm not really sure what happened there. That just didn't really work yeah. out. But then when he went to, to the Nets and it was he, he's playing second fill to not only KD but Harden too right. at that point. Yeah. So you know he, he he doesn't like to play second fiddle. Mm-hmm. So I, he's going to have to swallow his pride, right, and, right, and 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 make this work because I mean he's a heck of a ball player, right, right, this, right. These guys do a lot of damage together. If yeah, they can make it work. absolutely. Well, for me, my my big winner, uh, team team wise, um, and it's probably you know probably maybe a little bit of a head scratcher, but. It's the it's the Los Angeles Lakers and and you probably look at it and you look at the, the players that they got and you say ah they didn't really you know did they really get better for me I'm saying they're the big winners because they were able to find a team that was able to take, take on Westbrook, Westbrook yeah. you know and his big contract and you know whatever um, and they also were able to add you know a few p I mean they got D'Angelo Russell and in, in they return got younger you yeah know. they got younger they got I think in my opinion got better at a at a position or you know a, a skill that had been really lacking in their in their offense, and that's on the perimeter and perimeter shooting. Mm-hmm. They had Westbrook who, you know, they had Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis who all do their damage in the paint or right. getting to the hoop. They had no outside shooters to help them out when they needed to dish it out. They bring in D'Angelo Russell. They bring in Malik Beasley. Those guys are definitely much better outside mm-hmm. shooters. So the paint's not going to be crowded. You know, LeBron and Anthony Davis can get to the paint, and when they, when they don't have something there, they can kick it out to one of those two guys, and they know that they can have a reliable guy that's going to score from the outside. Um, you know, they also added uh, Rui Hachimura, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Davion Reed, and, and Mo Bamba. So, and, and and only had to give up. I mean, in my opinion, they didn't give up a ton to have to give it uh, to to get these guys. They well, gave up. They didn't have a ton to give up, right? And that's the thing: it, 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 the fact <laughs> that they were even able to find a right. trade. It, it blows my mind. So they, yeah. they, in my opinion, they did a nice job here of, of making it, making it work. Uh, they, like I said, they gave up Russell Westbrook, gave up Patrick Beverly, uh, Thomas Bryant, and and a handful of picks. Only one first rounder and and uh, pretty much all second rounders to get, you know, the the plethora of guys that they that they have. So for me, the Lakers. We'll see. I, I'm not ready to say that they're winning an NBA title, right. but I think it makes them better contenders in a, in a West that. It seems like every Western to conference team got better at the right. trade deadline. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Lakers can make kind of a playoff push, maybe sneak their way into to the mm-hmm. bottom and maybe pull off a first round upset or, you know, maybe make a little noise in the, in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I, I think hats off to the to Lakers organization for, for making that happen. All right. Well, as soon as well as some teams did at the yeah. trade deadline, there was equally just as many teams that, you know, didn't do as well. Mm-hmm. So Matt, who do you who do you have, or who's your big loser as far as team or you know player goes? Yeah, to me, looking at teams, I look at the Chicago Bulls as being the biggest loser. They've underachieved all season long, and they just choose to stand pat. They mm-hmm. you know they had some assets they could have traded, they could have made some moves. Mm-hmm. There's guys people wanted, and right. they just sat there with with their roster that's mm-hmm. underachieved. Yeah, they, so they've held on to their coach, they've held on to their players. It's like they're just waiting for the magic switch to turn and right. they're going to be good again. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're doing. They're not trying to do anything to get any better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I also look at losers in this, this, uh, this trade deadline, as far as players go, I think it's Jimmy Butler. Mm. Many of these contending teams in the East have gotten better mm-hmm. from what, what they were a year ago. They've added parts to try to get better. The heat, another team that just pretty much stood pat. They mm-hmm. didn't really do much here at the All deadline. Right. Yeah. I think the window is starting to close for Jimmy Butler to get that NBA title. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a, a team that, that I think, uh, you know, is the big loser. And, and again, probably everybody will somewhat disagree with me. Um, I think my biggest loser is, is the Brooklyn Nets. And that's because of what they had before I, they I trade deadline. The same thing for sure. You know, I know what they did at the trade deadline. I mean, they, they pretty much got highway robbery. Um, you know, they got five first round picks, one first round pick swap, four second round picks. And then added uh, one, two, three, four guys to the mix, you know, and, and not just you know decent guys. scrub guys. Yeah. I mean, these are guys you know that that are, that are going to make an immediate contribution to a team that's somewhat in rebuild. But 
still can make the Nets somewhat of contender. I'm not ready to write them off that they're the worst team in the NBA now right. or whatever. Um, but it helps them, you know, they got somewhat of some good rotational guys or, you know, decent borderline, maybe all-star guys on there to help rejuvenate or, you know, kind of jumpstart that, that mm. rebuild. For me, it's, it's the expectations or the potential that this team right. had only a, a, sh a, a few short years ago. Right. I mean, when Kyrie and Kevin Durant teamed up, you know, a couple of years ago, there were NBA titles, mm. you know, being already spoken for, right. um, and you know, then you go, okay. Then they add James Harden to the mix right. and you go, Oh, there's no yeah, way it's over. They're, they're going to have at least one they're title, walk. one walk title it, in yeah. here. And then, you know, later, obviously things happen. They got rid of James Harden and, you know, added Ben Simmons instead. And you thought, okay, again, this team has the potential to win it at least mm. one NBA title. Well, this team only won one playoff series. I mean, and, and just the potential that and they guys had. played 16 games together. Right, yeah. All that money spent for 16 games. Right, absolutely. Um, You know, and so I just, yeah, I think they're the biggest loser because of the potential that this, I mean, this team went from being, yeah, we're going to win NBA championships to now somewhat in, in rebuild mode. Yeah, we're and hoping only, to get there in five years. Yeah, yeah. and only like. Two or three. I mean, this all imploded within a couple of seasons. This right. isn't something that happened over, you know, a ten-year period or anything like that. It, it's only a handful of seasons that all this just started to unravel and and, and come apart. Um, so for me, my my biggest loser is the Brooklyn Nets. I, I think they'll be okay going forward because of all the returns that they got because of all the trades. It's really the biggest loser for that potential that they had right. of of you know having Kyrie and Kevin Durant and you know later. James Harden and Ben Simmons in the, in the mix and just mm -hmm. not living up to those expectations. Yeah, so, sure. all right, well, we're going to stick with, stick with the NBA and uh, last, last topic of the evening. Uh, it's, it's a crazy weekend in, in sports. Um, NBA, NBA all-star weekend is also taking place this, this weekend over uh, out West Salt Lake city, Utah. Um, interesting fact, 30th anniversary of the all-star game back in 1993 was held in Salt Lake City. The first game was held in Salt Lake City. So kind of a, a neat thing that, you know, it's 30th anniversary. They're, you know, heading back to the place where it all where it all began. So um, this weekend's going to be, you know, a handful of events all the way from Friday all the way to, to Sunday, um, you know, and, and going to get it kicked off on, on Friday evening with the uh, with the celebrity game, um, you know, and it's kind of interesting. They they break it out into two different teams. Uh, team Ryan Smith, who's actually the Utah Jazz team governor, whatever that means. Um, and then the other team is uh, Team Dwayne Wade, who actually is a Jazz minority owner. So it kind of makes sense. They're you know Jazz ties or you know Jazz Jazz related you know ties to the to the team. So um, just some notable notable people that are playing on kind of both the teams. So for Team Ryan Smith, the head coach is going to be uh, Lisa Leslie, who is you know, a legend in, in the WNBA, NBA ranks. Um, as far as actual players go, you got Kane Brown, who's kind of a, you know, country music star playing on that team. Uh, Calvin Johnson, who, you know, former star NFL receiver. And then uh, Albert Pujols, you know, former star MLB player playing for team Ryan Smith. And then I like when they throw the athletes into this. Right. Thing, yeah, know. absolutely. Uh, and then team Dwayne Wade, you got the head coach, um, actually a current player, Giannis Antetokounmpo, going to be hmm. coaching team Dwayne Wade. Um, as far as, this yeah, as far as other, other notable players on the, on the team, Wade, you got DK Metcalf, who's, you know, current Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. And then, uh, 21 Savage, who's, uh, who's a rapper, um, out there, pretty, pretty big, you know, well-known rapper in the, in the game right now. So going to be interesting to see, yeah, some, some people that obviously we don't look at as, you know, athletes on the NBA court or, you know, a lot of these guys are athletes in different realms or you know, stars in their own right, but going to be interesting to see how they, how they do on the, on the hardwood, uh, battling it out between each other. Um, and then later on Friday night, you got the, uh, rising stars challenge, um, which is basically they, they create four different teams made up of NBA rookies and sophomores, and even throw in a few, um, NBA G league players in there as well to kind of make up those, make up those rosters. Um, they play a single elimination tournament against each other. Um, and have, you know, two semifinal games and then play in a, in a championship game to see who's the best rising star team. And like I said, made up of, you know, various rookies and sophomores from the NBA and a little bit of G league players in there. So it's, you know, it's a good, good way to see some of those young stars get yeah, their opportunities fun. to, you know, play in this, in this all-star weekend and, mm -hmm. and, you know, see 
could these be the next guys that are up and coming and see if they're the ones that are playing on right. the big stage in the, in the actual all-star game, you know, in, in a few years. So, yeah, I, I think they really ought to just take that game, move it to Saturday. Cause I, cause the Saturday lineup, it used to be really fun, mm-hmm. but you start looking at some of the guys mm-hmm. doing it this year and even the last few years. And I, I think it's kind of starting to lose its luster, but yeah, absolutely. You talk a little bit about Saturday kicking off yep. all-star Saturday mm-hmm. night. You got the Kia skills challenge. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the same concept they had last year. You had the basically three guys from three different teams uh, fighting it out here. Mm-hmm. The first team, you got the Antetokounmpo brothers, mm-hmm. Alex Giannis and uh, Thanos. Thanos yep. versus a uh, team jazz. You got Jordan Clark, uh, Clarkson, Walker Kessler and Colin Sexton versus the Rooks and Paolo Banchero, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, not a lot of star power here other than Giannis, really. Right, right. I, I mean, good players, right, don't, right. don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. it, not the guys that, that bring everybody out for All-Star Saturday night, in my opinion. Right. It, And I, I don't know. I, I don't really like how this skills challenge sets up mm-hmm. the, the way they're doing it. I, I kind of like back when they – we're kind of everybody one on one, right? And, you know, trying to run through the skill challenge right. that way. I thought Somewhat that was more like exciting. I obstacle think, course, if you yeah, will. I think um, a little excitement comes out of this. I think it's really set up for Team Jazz to win this. I think they have the most athletic mm-hmm. team of the bunch. Yeah. So I would I would be surprised if that's not our winner. All right. Um, but then then so after that, then we go into the starry three point contest. Mm-hmm. You got you got a little more star power here. You got Boston's Jason Tatum, Portland Anthony Simmons, Utah Laurie Markinen, Portland Damian Lillard. Sacramento, Kevin Herter, uh, Indiana, Bubba, Bubby Heald, Miami, Tyler Hero, and Indiana, Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. But again, talking about a three-point contest, you don't have those big names who have always been there to, mm-hmm. you know, wow you for the three-point contest. You right. know, back when you had Curry going at right. it with, you know, uh, Th- Thomas mm-hmm. and right. th- those big names that just – you, you know Stuck they're going to score a lot of threes. Right. These yeah. are guys that are kind of streaky three-point shooters. Mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm. they're not known for that. I mean, they're all good players. They're just not known for that three ball. I think a little bit of excitement is going to come out of this. It's going to be anybody's game, I think. Mm-hmm. Any of these guys could, could win the title, but yeah. it, it just – not what I expect from a three-point contest in yeah. my mind. I think it's going to be interesting because if I, I was looking up the stats mm-hmm. of, you know, their three-point shooting percentage, you know, so far through the year. And, um, you know, last year we had a big man win it in right. you know, Carl Anthony Towns took home the title last year. And obviously I think the guy that's filling that spot is, is Lori Markinen from, from mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz. Um, and it, it's kind of funny. He He's right up the he's second behind Buddy Heald as far as three-point yeah. percentage goes. So, it's going to be interesting to see, yeah, if, if a big man can, you know, continue the trend mm-hmm. and, and and really, uh, you know, keep it keep it going. Um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, this is this this competition, this contest is built around stamina. It, right. It's really, I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot of shots mm-hmm. in a, in a short amount of time. Like Twenty seven uh, balls and just yeah, something that you don't really simulate in a game, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's it's kind of tough, and it really comes down to. Do you got your legs under you? Do you got you know the arm strength, the shoulder strength to keep shooting? Mm-hmm. When you when you're getting tired, can you still get that ball and get it you know get it up towards the rim and get you know give yourself a chance to you know earn some earn some buckets there late late in the clock? Um, I think that that's what it comes down to a lot of times is you know who has the stamina to to, to keep going uh, because obviously after you know so many rounds they cut the field down. So some of these guys, you know, they obviously, you know, do their first round and they're, you know, they're out and, you know, whatever. But some of these guys, it, it's two or three rounds. Right. And it, you just really, and legs really it, it really starts to, you know, go, uh, you know, rather quickly. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting. Obviously, yeah, a couple of names there that, that we're used to used to seeing, you know, Damian Lillard and, and, and Tatum, you know, kind of big, big names. The other guys, you know, I think are trying to make a make a name for themselves right. or, you know, try to be those up and comers. So we'll see. We'll see how it how it plays out, but uh, I mean, I guess I don't remember things like Steve Kerr becoming a big name in a three point contest. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. And he was a role player, right. so I, right. I, I mean, I guess it can still be exciting, but yeah, just yeah. You, you lose that name star mm-hmm. power. It, yep, yep. It, not as much to look at, I guess, mm-hmm. on paper. Absolutely. And, and then we finish the night off with what's usually the the big bang of the night, and oh, I really it used think, to be. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they probably should have moved this to event number one. <laughs> right. Looking at the star power, I don't see any. You've got mm-hmm. Houston, Kenyon, Martin Jr., Philadelphia, Max McClung, uh, New, uh, New Orleans, Trey Murphy, and New York, Jericho Sims. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these aren't even guys I thought of in college as high flyers <laughs> right, and right. guys that are going to make big dunks. Mm-hmm. So 
It'll be interesting to see what they can do. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get. I just, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't picture the creativity and all these guys are running out of dunks to do anyway. Right, I, I think yeah. almost everything's been done. Right. It was absolutely, um, you know, and I actually looked at the, uh, the judges for the competition mm-hmm. too. They, they had the list of judges who's, you know, going to be judging these guys and uh, Jamal Crawford, you know, former NBA guy, real, real great sixth man off the, off the bench. Again, Lisa Leslie going to be participating in the judges uh, jazz legend, Carl Malone's going to mm-hmm. be there. Um, Harold minor, who's, you know, another, uh, NBA guy that, that has played, you know, uh, he was a dunk champion. Back yeah. Back. Yeah. I think two time NBA yeah. or a dunk champion. And then another guy that's, that's a legend, not only just in the NBA ranks, but legend in this, in this dunk contest and Dominique Wilkins, mm-hmm. you know, two time, two time, I think, uh, dunk champion as well. So a couple of guys that have been in it and know right. kind of what it takes or, you know, the creativity or, you know, can, kind of see what what the guys are trying to do and things like that so i think that that helps um you know from from a from a judging standpoint but yeah it's it's obviously it's a two round thing so you know kind of your best two dunks in the first mm-hmm. round you know combined score whoever the two best are they move on to the final another two dunks and whoever has the best score in the final round you know combined right. that's who your champion is but again this this one has been getting somewhat, you know, almost numb to like, it's, it's just, yeah, it's not, the excitement isn't there anymore just because yeah, everything has been done. Everything has been accomplished. And again, there's not the star players that you're used right. to seeing. They got to give these guys a trampoline or something to make this more right. Like you gotta, yeah. You, or you gotta, you know, make the hoop, you know, go make the hoop taller or something right. like that to like, you know, make it, make it interesting or something because yeah, it, it's, it's almost getting watered down. Mm. Um, and, and again, I think it, not only because of what all has been done, but just again the, the guys that that participate and, and not taking away from these guys right. because again they're trying to make their name. They're yeah, trying they're to you know comers. they're they're trying to you know put themselves out there. Um, so you know they they they're only playing with the cards that they're dealt, right. obviously. Um, but you know obviously this, this event used to have a lot more you know star power to Kobe, it. You Michael, know, LeBron, Vince Carter. Yeah, I mean it, Carter. it used to have the big names, the, yeah. the star guys participating in it, you know as well, but. I, I will, we'll see, you know, what happens up. Uh, maybe we'll all be surprised and this thing will be great, but right. you know, this hasn't been, you know, in, in recent history. So we'll see, uh, see what happens. But, uh, you know, then the, the, the big event then, you know, on yeah. Sunday is obviously the big game, the, the all-star game, um, which kind of a interesting, you know, thing that they switched up this year. Um, obviously they've always had, or, you know, at least the last couple of years have had these like team captains mm-hmm. and then they, you know, select, based on, you know, a pool of players, they right. select who they want on their team. Um, and they'll be doing that again this year. The an crazy hour thing before is, the game. Yeah, an hour before <laughs> the game, which I I, I think I, I kind of like the concept. Yeah. It's kind of like that playground, yeah. like atmosphere of like, you know, I'm picking this guy and, you know, who's going to be picked last <laughs> and you know, all that. So it's a little bit of fun camaraderie, you know, like that. But I just think it's also going to be somewhat drawn out, like, it, it's going to take too like take too long. Just get to the game. Yeah, that, let's, that, let's... that hour time slot's going to probably right. end up two hours. Right. The game's going to start an hour late or right. something. Right. Yeah. It's just uh, you know let's just get the game going and let's let's yeah. play. But yeah, it's just an interesting dynamic um, that that you know they haven't done in years past. So yeah, nobody knows who's going to be on what team mm-hmm. yet. I mean, we know the pool of players that they're going to be selecting from. And who the starters are supposed to be. Right. But uh, we don't know who's going to be on Team LeBron or Team Giannis. Mm-hmm. And the reason those two are the you know, the team captains is because they were the two highest all-star vote getters. Um, and so I assume since they picked starters, yeah. so they, the starters probably have to be picked, probably have to be picked first to, to be your starting. Lineup, <clears throat> yeah. Would yep. be my guess. Yep. Yeah. So the first eight players that are drafted are considered starters is mm-hmm. how it, how it goes. Um, and then the next 14 or so guys mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever are, are, you know, somewhat of your reserves or, right. you know, whatever. Um, so yeah. And, and, each of these teams are going to have head coaches. Uh, Team Giannis will have uh, from the East head coach uh, Joe Mazzulla from the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. uh, and then over on Team LeBron head coach uh, Michael Malone from from the Denver Nuggets is who's going to be you know t- uh, coaching coaching those guys. So uh, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, just kind of looking at at some of the rosters or you know potential players that that they're going to be picking from. You know, um, I think they ought to make this really even more playground and. What are these coaches really doing this game anyway? <laughs> right. Let these guys sub themselves, out, right? Yeah, know? yeah. Let the let the players, uh, you know, be the coaches or you know, player coach, if yeah. you will, of the of the team. Um, and yeah, that that could make it, make it make it interesting. Um, for me, um, it, yeah, I, I 
I, I think the the East, I think, has the advantage when it comes to size. When it mm-hmm. comes to the big men, looking at the rosters, I think the East has the advantage there. But when it comes to guards, I, I think the West is where it's where it's made on mm-hmm. on the guards. So that'll be an interesting, you know, kind of matchup. You know, who can get the better of the matchup? Um, you know, in in this one. But none of that's going to matter because they can draft off either side. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because you know, West and East is is a mixed bag. You know, right. in this one, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how 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 they you know the strategy that that both teams use of how mm-hmm. they're going to select you know select players. Um, obviously, I think. The last two years, I think Team LeBron has come out come out on mm-hmm. top. So we'll see if he can, you know, continue his reign at the at the All Star game. Um, and again, I think another great thing that they've instituted is kind of that Elam Elam ending. Yeah. They, they I think they call it now like the Mamba ending. You know, in honor of, of Kobe Bryant, where you know the end of you know the fourth quarter. They don't just keep playing until the time runs out. Right. They play to an actual target score, and you know whatever that score is. Whoever reaches it first, that's who wins the mm-hmm. game, and that I, I think it has paid dividends because both games the last couple of years have been uber competitive, right. and I think that you know if they continue to do that, I think that's a big reason why why I'm it surprised is. they haven't instituted it for just regular mm-hmm. basketball. Right, absolutely. I, I think that they're you know gonna maybe have to start looking at that you know basketball wise. So you know in, in regular season games or you know try it out in some of the you know minor leagues or you know mm-hmm. some of the smaller leagues or whatever, and and see how it goes, and then. You know, see see what you get, but uh, yeah, that's uh, you know going to be exciting weekend in in sports. You know, not just NBA, but NASCAR, football. I mean, everything's going on this yeah. weekend, so you can't can't miss it. So you know, turn on your TV, you'll probably see some kind of you know, obviously college basketball still going on and whatnot. So it's it's exciting times in in uh, you know in the sports world. So. All right, well, that wraps up our show for tonight. So thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And uh, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different in, um, different social medias. We have an Instagram. Uh, our handle is firedup underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find a little bit of information about the show and all of our past episodes and as well as, you know, this episode that will be posted tomorrow. Um, But you can find pretty much find our show on any podcast platform you can think of, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you listen to podcasts, you can find our show. So appreciate you all listening. And as always, stay stay fired fired up. up.